0: AOA is brought to you by Synex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils, oils that run smart.
1: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to AOA.
0: Thank you for joining us. Letting us be part of your day. We appreciate it. Hope you had a good weekend. And here we are kicking off the month of November. It'll be a week that a lot of farmers are hoping will be dry enough to allow them to get back to the fields and finish harvest. We'll talk with DTN meteorologist John Baranek about the forecast for the week ahead and for this month of November. We'll talk with one of those farmers trying to get harvest done. In Illinois, David Erickson will be joining us. We'll talk markets with Steve Nicholson with Robo AgriFinance. So all that coming up on today's program. But we want to start it off with a check of the news. Is this the week that uh, uh, Congress passes these big spending bills? Let's check in with Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, thanks for joining us.
2: My pleasure, Mike. Always good to be with you.
0: So is this the week?
2: Well, we certainly have been anticipating this for a long time, haven't we? Yes. Uh, it looks like it could be this week. And I mean, as we reported, there were some members saying it could be as early as
3: Tuesday.
2: But there are a lot of people pushing to add some additional provisions into the Build Back Better package that has now been pared down almost in half from where they started. And so it has to go through the rules committee process, and they have to decide what amendments, if any, they might accept. Um, All that has to happen rather quickly for a vote to happen on Tuesday. So I don't see it that early, Uh, but I think perhaps later in this week uh, they might be able to get something approved. Now, a couple of things I guess we're going to be watching for is what does get thrown in to the mix here at the last, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, (laughs) what seems like maybe the final hours, and whether or not there could be some deal breakers that are tossed in there that that people – get all up in arms about, but for now it looks like the Democrats are on path to pass not only President Biden's $1.75 trillion package that has climate and social services and all sorts of other things, along with the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill that's been waiting for passage in the House, and then of course the larger package will have to go back to the Senate for approval.
0: Okay, so people listening to this show know I'm not a big fan of uh, the spending, but if it's going to happen, what's going to be in it for agriculture?
2: Well, quite a bit, and that's where I think a lot of A need to be very focused on this. We've got 27 billion in farm conservation spending, including a new $25 per acre payment for planting cover crops. Uh, another 27 billion for forestry, and a lot of farmers, including myself, have you know timber that they're looking at as part of this climate solution. 18, a little over 18 billion for rural development, including biofuels infrastructure and uh, broadband. Uh, Two billion for research, and 10 billion for child nutrition, and another six billion for farmer debt relief. As you've uh, seen our reporting earlier on com. We've noted that these uh, provisions to bail out minority farmers have been stopped by the courts, but this is going to be a package that's going to provide bailouts. It's not going to be focused only on minorities, but on some sort of debt relief for farmers who are struggling.
0: So what are they saying now will be the how they're going to pay for this?
2: Well, um, you know, the tax provisions were roundly opposed by Kirsten Cinema. Uh, and so there are a lot of different things that are in the mix, including, you know, increased uh, surveillance by the IRS, not to the level that uh, was earlier proposed, but uh, there's a lot of little things around the edges that uh, are going to be claimed as offsets. And, uh, you know, that's where the devil we'll gets in the details again uh, as we try to look at those and discern how this might affect agriculture. And, and right now it doesn't look like any of the most onerous provisions that were in early on are, are still going to be in the final package.
0: So we'll watch that and uh, hopefully get some details soon. Meanwhile, big announcement, the EU agreeing to lift retaliatory tariffs on U.S. exports in exchange for getting tariff-free access for some steel and aluminum shipments to the U.S. The Biden administration announcing that over the weekend.
2: Yeah, our team was working uh, on a lot of different things on Saturday. Uh, hard to even get a day off with this news cycle right now. Uh, the EU, as you know, had imposed these uh, really stiff duties of 25% percent sample on corn, but it also affected everything from orange juice, butter cheese, uh, pork, nuts, and, and even the whiskey folks were ahead. So uh, anybody who contributed their products uh, to the whiskey industry will see some relief, hopefully, by this deal that uh, gives the us uh, you know uh, an opportunity to have more access for steel and aluminum and lift some of those uh, uh really heavy tariffs on us ag exports
0: and we should also note that john deere and the workers union and uh, they've reached a tentative deal
2: right they've got to wait and of course get that passed by the union numbers but it really was a positive sign and I know a lot of farmers were uh, stuck outside of the field because of all the rain that came across the Midwest, but those that are itching to get back in would certainly like to know that the supply chains are going to be able to work a little bit better and and that new equipment is going to be able to be moving back through the beer factories, and I think this was a really positive sign.
0: But overall, we're still dealing with supply chain issues, and that port backup is uh, right at the kind of the heart of it. You know, you have the labor issues and so many other layers to this, but it's still a huge issue for the ag economy and the overall economy.
2: Well, absolutely. You know, last week I traveled from Washington, D.C. to Richmond, Virginia, Indianapolis for FSA, and then into Iowa. And Everywhere we went, it was all about the fact that people can't find workers and they can't get access to products. And so uh, it's really so frustrating for people who are just trying to get their job done and uh, try to get their products made and, and trying to make sure that they can get through the harvest safely. Um, so it's, it's still a huge problem, and I think, unfortunately, Mike, it's going to linger for quite some time.
0: Yeah, that's the scary part. We don't know how long, but I mean, it's obviously going to go into next year. We just don't know how far into next year.
2: That's just it. And uh, as much as, you know, President Biden had a uh, supply chain summit that he hosted uh, on the outskirts of this Glasgow conference. I mean, there's a lot of good talk about things that need to happen. But at the end of the day, we need to have people who want to show up and work. And now we need to make sure that they have the right infrastructure in place and the the right um, equipment in order to move products. And it's just not all lining up right now.
0: Yeah. As you said, there's been a lot of talk about the issue, but there hasn't been much uh, action or improvement uh, in the situation. Well, Sarah, in all your travels, I know you kind of might have caught a bug or something. Uh, appreciate you hanging in there with us with uh, your throat, uh, maybe not at 100%, but appreciate you being on with <laughs> us. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. It's always good to talk to
0: you, Mike. All right. Take care. Sarah Wyatt, editor and president of AgriPulse. Communication. So, yeah, it looks like they're getting closer to getting this, uh, these spending deals done. We shall see. All right, uh, coming up later, we're going to talk markets. Uh, we're also going to talk harvest. Uh, but next, in relation to harvest, of course, the weather has been holding things up. It's been wet. Is this the week uh, much of the Midwest dries out and harvest can resume and wrap up in a lot of places. We'll talk with DTN meteorologist John Baranek next on AOA. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
1: At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is it's how we listen.
3: Peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, football in your favorite recliner. Some things work best in pairs. And Listy three soybeans from Golden Harvest are no different. Our exclusive and Listy three varieties have strong agronomics and disease tolerance for your conditions. Get yours from Golden Harvest today for a pairing that performs. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks displayed or otherwise used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group Company. Enlist E3 Soybean Technology is jointly developed with Dow AgroSciences LLC and MS Technologies, LLC. Enlist E3 is a trademark of Dow Sciences LLC. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners
0: recently on Adams on agriculture so there is a bipartisan bill that would create a contract library for the beef industry joined now by tanner beamer ncba's director of government affairs and market policy tell us about how it would work and how would it benefit beef producers
4: So this library, uh, if the bill were to be passed and enacted into law, it would tee up a library that would be maintained by the United States Department of Agriculture under the Agricultural Marketing Service. It would warehouse all the contracts that are offered by packers to producers for the purchase of fed cattle. And, of course, that would be subject to USDA's rules of confidentiality, and it would presumably be aggregated similar to some of these other reports under Livestock Mandatory Reporting. But theoretically, what it would allow producers to do is compare their marketing arrangements to those of other producers, possibly in their area.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
2: 180 over 111, and I had a stroke.
0: AOA is brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Sinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, many
0: parts of the Midwest have been very wet, and that has kind of slowed things down, really, uh, ground things to a halt uh, for harvest the final stages of harvest this year but maybe this is a week uh, many of those farmers can get back out to the fields let's check in with DTM meteorologist John Baranic all right John what's the forecast for this week is it uh, a good harvest forecast or not for the most part i'll
4: say yes uh, we do have a couple of things to talk about i guess i could throw a wrench into that one we got a we got a cold front moving through and um, bringing in some colder temperatures here a lot of areas are going to see their first frost here that haven't yet uh, across the eastern Corn Belt. A lot of us in you know, the western Corn Belt already have, but uh, it's going to be actually colder than that. A lot of 20s up here in the western Corn Belt. Um, but really what we're, we're going to see is as we, we, this cold front has brought a little bit of shower activity out in the plains, in Nebraska, and in Kansas. We've had some snowfall there a couple inches out there in southern Nebraska overnight and into this morning. Um, but as they kind of move eastward, they'll, they'll fade out. So I think for the most part, we're going to be dry here for uh, for the rest of this week and going into the weekend across the eastern corn belt. It should help us to dry out some, but you know the temperatures are going to slow that down a little bit. The other thing that's going to happen here is with the colder temperatures um, and the Great Lakes being wide open, of course, uh, temperature difference here is going to create a few uh, lake effect showers that may come in the form of snow, of snow uh, in a few spots here. Um, but that's mostly going to affect, I think, Michigan and really on the on the near the coast of uh, or, or shoreline there of Lake Michigan is, is going to be the, the biggest impact. But for the most part here across the corn belt, we're going to have some good conditions to, to help us dry out. Um, just a just a little bit of a challenge, but uh, for the most part, we're in, we're in good shape this week.
0: Sounds like a November forecast as we turn the calendar.
4: Yeah, you know we uh, October was so well above normal for temperatures across the entire Corn Belt, and you know it's weird to have rain coincide with warm temperatures. Um, but you know we're we're finally getting into that fall season here as, as we turn the, the the calendar month into November. I think this month of November really is going to be a, a, one of those typical fall months where we see big swings both up and down uh, in terms of temperature and uh, periodic showers and systems moving through. So I think uh, if, if you were looking for uh, a month to really encapsulate uh, the fall, I think this one's going to be it.
0: Yeah, because that's a big question. Not only finishing up harvest, but farmers are looking for window to get some fall field work done. So that kind of might be iffy at times, right? It sounds like this, uh, this forecast you're giving us offers a lot of everything. So those windows might not be uh, open too long.
4: That's right. So if you see the window, uh, take advantage of it while you can, because, you know, we're, we're in that season where things just flip on a dime. And it uh, looks like this month is going to have plenty of those ups and downs. So if you see the window and you got the opportunity, it, it's probably good, best to take it.
0: Looking out west where they got a lot of that rain finally in California, <laughs> has that system moved on out or are they going to get more out there?
4: Well, so the system that actually went through there actually moved through uh, the, the Corn Belt last week, and that's what brought the, the, the widespread rainfall across the eastern belt uh, late last week and into the weekend. So that system has gone, but uh, we keep continuing to get reinforcements out there in the, in the Pacific Ocean and keeps continuing to bring waves and waves of showers and, and little disturbances through the, the western states. Um, they're getting out some, some pretty good uh, rain here across the coast right now in in california and and in the pacific northwest but you know these ones that are that are just kind of lazing through the 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 area not these big giant uh, systems moving through uh, don't have a whole lot of punch to them so most of it just gets rung out on the coast we'll see if some of that shower activity kind of moving to the pacific northwest the weed areas up there maybe in the central valley of california at times but for the most part uh, most of this is just going to be run out along the coast and that's going to continue into next week too
0: so overall, has the drought monitor map improved much? You know, it's, it's
4: actually quite interesting because, you know, we, we talked last week about the, the heavy rain that happened over California. I was expecting huge widespread drops uh, in drought across California, and it just didn't happen. There was some market improvements across California um, into Nevada and, and a little bit in the Pacific Northwest, but it was kind of spotty at best, and, uh, you know, it just kind of reinforces how deep of a drought there is out there in the western states and how much rain and precipitation it's going to take to overcome that. They're going to need uh, several large systems and widespread systems to move through through the course of the winter, which is really their time when they get the, their most precipitation in the western states is, is during the wintertime. And it's, they're really going to need that this year. Uh, it's just uh, the, the drought is just so deep. It's incredible.
0: So for those that are dealing with wet conditions and, and uh, you know, making it hard to get harvest done and, and fall field work done, uh, it could be worse, right? Those, those dry areas, they're they're hurting, and it's, it sounds like they may be hurting for a while.
4: Yeah, because it doesn't just hurt this year. You know, we, we, everybody knew about how bad wheat was in the Pacific Northwest, um, all the, the terrible conditions for vegetables and everything down in California. Um, but, you know, drought is it's so much worse than the wetness because it doesn't just last for one season. It usually, you know, bleeds into the next one. And if they really, if we really don't get the precipitation we need this winter um, it's it's going to hurt next year as well. I mean, and it's, and it's going to take, like I said, a lot of precipitation to undo uh, what's been going on out there. Luckily for them, uh, we're in a La Nina pattern and La Nina typically uh produces more precipitation across the pacific northwest at least some of the western states i'm not so sure about california california's kind of split where they get a little bit more in the north but not as much in the south so um you know the the northern portions there washington oregon idaho probably see better chances at least for eliminating some of this drought but it's it's deep i don't know if we'll be able to do it in one
0: season hard to do it during the winter that's for sure all right what about south america weather
4: South America continues to have just fantastic weather in Brazil. And their planning progress, is, if anybody's been paying attention, has just been very rapid, well ahead of schedule. And, you know, it just points to the motivation uh, that weather can, can do from one year to the next. You know, last year had such terrible weather during the airline Union last year. Um, their wet season was delayed. They had uh, widespread incredible drought across Brazil. This year, they got rains on time, and they've got plenty of rain down in the south, so they were just jumped on the, on the planters and got everything going. They're well ahead of schedule. And the rain has been able to support that, so they continue to have rainfall here uh, last week over the weekend. Looks like that continues here through, through this week as well. Argentina's been kind of a, a flip side to that. Um, they've kind of, The typical La Nina pattern for, for Argentina and into southern Brazil is drier weather during their spring, which is our fall, of course, and um, they've, Argentina's kind of held that pattern down for a while. Now, they're getting a break, it looks like. Um, they've had some pretty decent rainfall over a good chunk of Argentina over the weekend. And they have a couple of systems move through fairly slowly to bring about some more rainfall here this week. And, um, you know, conditions at least for them are improving. Now, we'll have to see. We're still in the La Nina pattern. That's not going away. And models are a little mixed on what happens after a front moves through late this week and weekend, whether or not they get some more showers next week. But uh, the aligning the Linnea pattern and the dryness uh, is likely to continue uh, to have an impact more so than the wetness here. It looks like they're just getting a break in Argentina.
0: All right. We'll keep an eye on that. So let's uh, go back and wrap it up with a, a look at your November forecast for much of the Midwest.
4: Yeah, so November, again, it's where I think we're going to see a lot of swings up and down. Um, you know, we're getting a down swing right now, at least in terms of temperature. Uh, we'll probably see that, uh, rise up here this weekend and then going into next week. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, models do with a, a, a potential system for, for the middle and end of next week, whether or not we get some showers here across the Corn Belt. Not so sure we will, but I'm not so sure we won't either. Um, and it just kind of goes to the, the, uh, uh variability we'll see this month is we're not really sure what's going to happen. We'll probably see some more swings up and down and uh, some showers here and there, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, any of these heavier rains occur. We get them across the eastern Corn Belt to kind of mess with our harvest, uh, or if we get them into the plains to help those out with winter wheat, or up in the the northwestern Corn Belt here to kind of alleviate some of the drought. So kind of of a little bit for everywhere uh, this month.
0: Yeah, variability sounds like that's the key word. No one major system locking in right now for November. So uh, we'll see what happens. As you said, a lot of ups and downs here. John, always good to talk with you. Thank you.
4: Yeah, thanks, Mike. Have a great week.
0: You too. DTM meteorologist John Baranek with a look at our weather forecast for this week ahead which hopefully will be a uh, week that allows farmers to get back into the fields we'll talk with illinois farmer david erickson a little bit later on to see if he's able to get back this week and how much harvest he still has left to do but up next we're going to talk markets with Robo agro finance grain and oil seeds analyst steve nicholson stay with us you're listening to a-o-a AOA is brought to you by Synex Premium Diesel. Synex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Join us every Tuesday for a Round the Table brought to you by CHS as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise, We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more.
5: So you're saying I could save some money now by bundling my crop protection products? But I'd miss out on the 5 to 15 bushels per acre advantage from Acuron herbicide? Mm-hmm. And the 4 bushel advantage Saltro Seed Treatment has over Alevo Seed Treatment? Yeah. And the 18 and bushels per acre advantage from Trivapro Fungicide? Yep. So the bundle deal isn't really all that much of a deal, is it? Nope. Better yield
1: is the better deal. Talk to your retailer or Syngenta rep to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use
6: pesticide. You're listening to AOA, I'm Kirsten Rall. On Friday, there were daily export sales notice from the USDA. Totals were 279,415 tons of corn sold to Mexico and 354,350 tons of beans sold to unknown destinations. Current ethanol capacity has increased to 17.55 billion gallons. The USDA only forecasting 5.2 billion bushels of corn will be crushed. Temperatures across the Midwest are expected to be 5 to 10 degrees below normal this week. There will be a widespread overnight freeze frost risk. In many states, snow is possible in western and northern regions. On the Board of Trade this morning, December corn trading two and three quarters higher at 571 and a fraction of a cent. The March contract up three and a fraction at 579 and a half cent. For soybeans, the January contract down three quarters at 1249. March down three quarters at 1258 and a fraction of a cent. For wheat, Chicago wheat December up 14 and three quarters at 787 and a quarter of a cent. Kansas City wheat December up 12 and three quarters at 798 and three quarters. Minneapolis spring wheat December. Up 16 and a fraction at 1069 and three quarters the March contract, trading 14 cents higher at 1047. For livestock trading, this past week featured both higher cash prices, accompanied by higher cutout prices for box beef. Cattle traded in all regions at higher prices. In the south, cattle traded mostly at $126, while northern live sales were mainly at $127. December live cattle trading 42 cents higher at 12970, February trading 67 cents higher at 13487. Feeder cattle January 20 cents higher at 15635, March up 20 at 15760. In lean hogs, the February contract up 50 cents at 7917, December trading 47 cents higher at 7655. You're listening to AOA,
5: I'm Kirsten Rawl.
2: she was very concerned it was very unsettling for her it's important for you to talk to someone about it to bring the family in on it i felt so much better after my son told me mom i don't want you to worry or be afraid i'll be there for you and we'll figure it out
5: when something feels different it could be alzheimer's now is the time to talk visit alz.org our stories to learn more A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
0: AOA is brought to you by Synex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils. Oils that run smart.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All
0: right, let's break down uh, the different uh, factors uh, impacting the markets. We're joined now by Steve Nicholson, Grain and Oil Seeds Analyst for Robo AgriFinance. Steve, good to talk with you again. Let's start on the demand side. Uh, what are your thoughts on on business right now, on our sales? What would you, yeah, as we start off November, are you
7: concerned or what are your thoughts? Good morning, Mike. Yes, um, I think I am a little concerned, but I'm not, you know we're just getting into, you know the 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 brunt of harvest, and you know I think the Chinese are certainly waiting for that the low spot. And I think they may have missed it on corn, but you know I think there is a little concern when you look at export inspections and you look at you know sales or sales are good, but inspections have been going slow. And I think part of it to remember, you know we started this season out in the middle of a hurricane, and that didn't help because that kind of that shut down two big export elevators at, at New Orleans. For you know, for several weeks, and so that didn't help. But you know, I think the trade, and I'm going to say this: the trade is concerned about exports not coming back, and, and particularly the Chinese are looking at soybeans and thinking, you know, I don't want to pay 12, 13 for soybeans. You know, Brazil's planting a big crop; it's going in a good condition. If I can wait, I'm going to wait uh, to get cheaper beans. Come you know next our you know our spring, their fall. Um, but you know, there are you know if you look at outstanding sales. They're good. Um, they are not last year's sales. So I think that's the other thing to keep in mind. If you look at sales, particularly in soybeans, you look at those outstanding sales soybeans, they're right there with the last record, which is in 1617. It's just that they're second only to last year, which was all-time record. So I think I have to put that in perspective. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm falling on the side of being optimistic that exports will be there. It's just not materializing maybe the way we're used to and that we'll just have to be patient with them as we go forward. And obviously, I think there's no question that, you know, the freight, the cost of freight, um, you know, any sort of disruptions in the, you know, at the ports is certainly causing some, you know, some heartburn, I think, within the markets as well.
0: So far, a long ways to go, obviously, but so far good weather yeah. in Brazil. So, yep. I mean, is China kind of thinking, you know... Well, that could be a big crop coming there. We can get we we'll, yeah. we can
7: hang on and uh, wait for that crop. No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, that's exactly where their head is. And you know, let's not forget they're the best traders in the world. Um, but I think there's a couple things we have to think about in Brazil. Yes, it's getting off to a good start. Yes, the moisture situation is good coming is going you know going into this. And so you know, all they're running on all cylinders right now. But if you start to peel the onions back in Brazil there is a lot of concern about inputs supply down there Our farmers are saying they're getting deliveries delayed uh, they're getting deliveries canceled and and it's 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 crucial to, to Brazil's crop that they get the fertilizers that they need to make that soil to, pr- to produce and so I think that's a one thing we have to be watching very carefully uh, how does that happen and we're worried about that OLS as well as here if we can't get input supplies for next year or have reduced supplies or delays, is there a yield drag? And I think we have to think of the same thing happening in Brazil. You know, they're not immune to that either. I think the other thing we have to keep in mind is La Nina is, you know, is forming. Uh, There's, you know, high probability La Nina will form. And what will be the impact there, um, you know, in Argentina and Southern Brazil, uh, another little factor to watch. But, you know, everything's lined up for them to have a huge crop. Like you just said, there's a lot of water to go over the, over the dam before this is all said and done.
0: And it is a reminder that these supply chain issues are a global issue, not just for us here in the U.S.
7: No, that's exactly right. This, these are global issues. These are not something that, you know, You know, we see all the pictures of the vessels sitting outside, outside Los Angeles, the port of Los Angeles and Long Beach. But, you know, this is happening all over the world, and, and the problem has been... It, it's, you know, vessel availability, labor availability of ports, uh, containers availability because, you know, we do ship, you know, there's a lot of soybeans it's shipped shipped um, through containers, whether it's to China or the far east. You know, all of these are causing and, – and the fact is that you have fuel prices rising um, along with just the freight costs. So, you know, commodities are going up in price. Unfortunately, the farmer's not seeing that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, and unfortunately, he's seen that. Um, kind of in the negative way because his basis levels are getting hit because of higher freight costs. So it, it's all a challenge for everybody, and we can't. And the Chinese, I'm a little surprised. You know, that obviously they stocked up last year. I think there's no question about that. But I'm a little surprised that they're not thinking that same way this year because of all the challenges with with freight and logistics. That they're, you know, maybe getting a little bit ahead of it so that they don't have any issues as they go forward. So I, it's something we have to watch. Unfortunately, that's not good for agriculture from a price perspective for producers, but we do need to see uh, that get corrected soon. But I, I think I have to, I'll have to be the pessimist there. You know, in our discussions internally, we're thinking this is something we're, we're afraid that we're going to be talking about this a year from now, too. Wow.
0: We're talking with Steve Nicholson with Rambo Finance. All right, Steve, let's get Back to the production side, we're still trying to wrap up this harvest. Do we think we have a pretty good handle on uh, this year's uh, production or not?
7: Well, that's, that's the $64 billion question. You know, and I've been a little bit, I suppose I'm maybe a bit of a pessimist on, on this, but you know, everything I hear, whether it's corn or soybeans, has been terrific. Um, particularly on the bean side, I think. In talking to producers and listening to them around the country, it appears that the bean yields have just been terrific and that that late-season rain that we got across parts of the Corn Belt really did help the bean crop. And people are seeing bean yields they've never seen before or just sort of dumbfounded. You know, the corn, you know, I'm still, and I'm going to say this too, I mean, particularly when you look at crop condition ratings, and I know I've harped on this before, but you look at those crop condition ratings and line them up versus past, you know, final crop conditions versus yields. this, this crop condition and these yields don't match up well. So that's the part I'm a little bit worried about. Um, and corn the same way. Um, corn probably, the USA is likely a lot closer on the corn yield um, than they are on the bean yield. If there is going to be a surprise, um, but maybe on corn, it's back to kind of where we started back in August is not a big drop, but with beans, and it may be just that, is it that that late-season rain is just enough to keep it going. But it is remarkable the yields we've seen so far. So this this November report coming up here in just a few short days is really going to be important to setting the tone for the market as we go into wintertime and in, and really into springtime, for that matter. So I think be aware and be you know watching carefully what could happen uh, in the November numbers because it, if it's if it's a surprise, I might think, I think it' be it would be a surprise to the downside, not the upside
8: hmm,
0: because I was going to ask you if you're holding on to unsold crop, yeah. <laughs> what's your strategy?
7: yeah, if you're holding on to new crop you know old crop I, I I think you need to move it on. I mean it's let's go back to managing the margins. Can you make money selling old crop at these levels? And the answer would be yes, um, and I think it's I think right now it's more important to lock those margins for old crop. And move on and start thinking about the new, you know, your new crop 22. You know, how are you managing those margins? And that's both the discussion on the revenue side and it's a discussion on the cost side. I think that's the more important thing that you need to do now because you can lock in these margins and move on. Um, that would be my advice here. And and, it, and that discussion is a little bit more nuanced because it depends. You know, do you have 80 percent of your new crop sold? If you do, then maybe you don't need to be quite as uh, vigilant or as aggressive. If you haven't sold a new crop, then that's you know I think you need more aggressive and move forward. Uh, you've seen the bean market be a little bit kind of sideways. You know we do have we have seen a good uptick in the corn market. Um, you know I think that's you know we've seen corn, but partly because of you know we've gotten harvest done and move forward. You know moving on. But I think you know if you're managing margins and you've got positive margins for your new crop and you haven't sold any, you need to get moving.
0: Of course the big issue for many is going to be on inputs price yes. and availability and yes. I've heard a lot of say well yeah we'll deal with the price we don't like it but we'll deal with it but more concerned about just <laughs> right. can you get it you know can you get what you need and when you need it that'll be the big issue next year won't it
7: yeah absolutely and I think you know I, I agree with farmers and exactly I mean the price is the price and you know sometimes we just have to take it and move on but my concern is as we go into the new year, into the new crop, is exactly what she said, is supply. And it may not matter what the price is. You may be willing to pay 2000 bucks a ton for urea, but you're not. it doesn't matter because you're not going to get it. Um, and I think that's where farmers are going to have to really think about that. And I would be, uh, I've read a few things, and I am certainly not an agronomist by training, um, but I've seen some articles farmers, uh, People in Extension talking about making sure you understand where your soil fertility is so that you can manage that 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 application um, very closely this year because of costs and because of potential supply issues. But, yeah, absolutely supply is going to be the issue, and we're very concerned about that as we move into planning, planning and planting for 2022.
0: Yeah, we were already wondering, you know, how the acres uh, numbers would yep. would sort out. And we'll, I think, are going to be wondering that even more as we get into spring next year. Steve, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you. Thank you, Mike. Good to talk to you. Take care. Take care. Steve Nicholson, Grain and Oil Seeds Analyst for Rabo Agri Finance. So um, if you've got harvest done this year, you're fortunate. Uh, some are still waiting because of all the wet weather through the Midwest uh, this past week. But this may be the week, as we heard earlier, that uh, many of those farmers will be able to get back out there and, and wrap things up, hopefully. One of those farmers, farms in Illinois near the Quad Cities, David Erickson, and he's been waiting to get back in the fields. We'll see how things look on his farm and how much he still has to do and how the yields have been so far. That's coming up next, a harvest update. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. AOA is brought to you by Synex Premium Diesel. Synex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
5: What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans, and if left untreated, can lead to death.
1: A medical chart is not your identity.
5: And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage.
1: An advocate for hope.
5: You are not alone. Because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding.
1: Let's Talk isn't just an invitation, it's how we do business. Our experts at FS AgriFinance believe that a meaningful conversation is the best way to help our customers reach their financial goals. We'll show you how to use financing as a risk management tool to help spread your costs and manage your cash flow. We know agriculture and are focused on what's ahead to make sure you're ready for it. Talk with your FS AgriFinance specialist at your local FS member company today. FS, bringing you what's next. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen
3: peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, football in your favorite recliner. Some things work best in pairs. Enlistee 3 soybeans from Golden Harvest are no different. Our exclusive Enlistee 3 varieties have strong agronomics and disease tolerance for your conditions. Get yours from Golden Harvest today for a pairing that performs. This is how we listen Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks displayed or otherwise used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group Company. Enlist E3 Soybean Technology is jointly developed with Dow AgroSciences, LLC and MS Technologies, LLC. Enlist d 3 is a trademark of Dow AgroSciences, LLC. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners.
0: Recently on Adams on Agriculture, there's a new report out funded by the United Soybean Board. It was conducted by the Benton Institute for Broadband and Society. And it shows that providing U.S. farmers and ranchers access to fast, affordable, and reliable broadband will increase sustainability, will also allow more reliable and efficient food production here to talk about it is Megan Kaiser, treasurer of the United Soybean Board.
2: The study really does a great job of highlighting, you know, some solutions that we can look at and make decisions from moving forward, especially as U.S. soy is really looking at how do we prove our sustainability factor? How do we get that message to our customers worldwide? A lot of that hinges on precision agriculture. We look at precision application of fertilizer reduces our greenhouse gas emissions by greater than 15 percent, but we can only do that if we have the connection to the internet to utilize all of the precision tools.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture
1: informing America's farmers and ranchers. That's our goal at AOA. Each weekday, you get an hour of the latest takes from people who know agriculture, the policymakers, and the people who have the inside scoop on what's happening behind closed doors. People who have their finger on the pulse of Washington and agriculture around the world. AOA is your daily source for all the information you need to stay in the know. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, AOA.
0: AOA is brought to you by Synex Premium Diesel. Synex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right,
0: let's talk harvest with Illinois farmer David Erickson. Farms near the Quad Cities. David, good to talk with you. Uh, is this the week you get back in the fields?
8: We're sure hoping so, Mike. We uh, we were out about ten days from the sixth to the sixteenth of October, and got back in there for uh, about seven days' time, eight seven and a half days' time, and and then uh, got rained out this. Well, oh, what, uh, 23rd of October, um, and I uh, haven't been back to the field yet, although we've spent the morning thus far trying to figure out if we can try something this afternoon or not. Getting close, been a right? A so... slow go. Yeah, getting close. <laughs> been a slow go after an early start. We started about a week earlier um, than normal in our area, for, or at least for us. And uh, I don't know, the way we're going here, we're maybe we're going to end a week or – 10 days later than normal, so we'll Mm -hmm. see.
0: How much do you have done?
8: Um, Our corn, we have uh, one field of corn left, so we're about 95% done on corn. Um, We opted to stay in corn when uh, some of our earliest beans first started due to some wind damage and poor stock quality, but soybeans were two-thirds done on soybeans, so we still got a third of our soybeans sitting out there waiting for us to come get them.
0: How have your yields been?
8: Um, Corn has been, as I think I reported earlier when we talked, that um, corn in this specific area has been down, you know, 10 to 20% off of uh, our trend line average. So pretty disappointing corn crop. Just didn't didn't finish well, uh, too wet early. Um, Lots of diseases, uh, both root and foliar diseases, came in late. good bit of tar spot in our area so corn yields are definitely off of normal here soybeans i um it appears are uh above average to maybe in some cases you know excellent um and it depends depends on the field our our highest yielding field um that we've done so far is a field that's normally in the bottom third of our fields uh so I don't, I don't have a full explanation as to why there's so much yield variability even on, on uh, good soybean yield. So
0: here we are now into November. Uh, I mean, finishing harvest in November is not unheard of. But in Illinois, you know, a lot of farmers are done by November. So this, this one's dragging on right. a little longer
8: it is now there i i have a lot of neighbors that are completed um but there there's as many that have um as much to go on a percentage basis uh as we do so i'd say you know there are a lot of people finishing up there'll be people who can finish up this week um you know depending on how quickly things dry off although really cool cold overnight temperatures are not going to help the moisture situation here but um yeah, you know, I, I'd say we're gonna finish a week to in some cases two weeks later than normal if the weather forecast is correct and you always like to be done to go trick or treating and we didn't make mm-hmm.
0: that. Plus you want you're hoping for a window for fall field work.
8: That's true. Um, you know, um not only for fall field work as in if uh you've got tillage you wanna do, but getting fertilizer, whether it be Dry fertilizer, or anhydrous, uh, lime applications, those are all well behind what we'd normally see. Um, you know, the last week would have been a very busy week uh, for fertilizer and, and lime applications, and really not that much has gone on yet. Uh, it's too warm um, prior to that, and then, uh, you know, nobody, you know, a lot of soybeans not out if, if you're fertilizing fine soybeans.
0: So, what are the conversations that you're hearing about uh, concerns about input prices and availability?
8: Yeah, white well, um, people fall into three camps. It appears, Mike. There's some people who did prepay for some and lock in prices. Uh, there, we fall into a camp where we we locked in prices. We didn't have to to prepay for it, um, and I think those you're in those first two categories, the likelihood that you're going to have product to put on this fall, weather permitting, are very good. If you didn't book any ahead of harvest and now you're looking at trying to get uh, fertilizer locked in now or maybe towards spring, uh, both from a supply standpoint and uh, transportation standpoint and a pricing standpoint, um, it could be a tough go for those folks.
0: Could it change Acres' decisions?
8: You know, I don't see Acres switching in our area very much. Um, Soybeans still look like a very good option. I'm not saying that they're better than corn economically, but they're a good option uh, in a rotation um, due to the whole range of things that we consider from disease and input costs and those sorts of things, And, and pricing appears to be competitive. I don't see that yet, Mike, but, you know, if this fertilizer thing, um, if that availability is a is a tough position for some people, that may affect some, yeah.
0: Well, hopefully you get back out there this week. Uh, are you concerned about the quality of what's left out there?
8: So far, it looks okay, Mike. You know, uh, corn uh, standing in the field, the, I think the kernels look fine. You know, the stalks don't look very attractive. <laughs> Uh, but they're mostly staining. There is still some in our area, some down corn that uh, people are fighting to try to get out. And, um, you know, that this wet weather has made that struggle um, even more difficult. And I feel, feel their pain over that. Um, but uh, I think so far quality is still hanging in there. Very good.
0: Well, hopefully you'll be able to get it wrapped up very, very soon. Thanks for joining us. Uh, always good to talk with you, David. Take care.
8: Great. Thanks, Mike. All
0: right. David Erickson, Illinois farmer, hoping to get back into the fields this week and get things wrapped up. Speaking of wrapping up, we'll wrap up today's show and look ahead to tomorrow. We'll have the latest numbers from the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer. What are farmers saying? How optimistic are they? Moving forward, we'll find out what the numbers tell us. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day. Talk to you again tomorrow right here on AOA. AOA is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
5: This Movember, here's to mustaches in all their glory, to the first peach fuzz ones, the lopsided ones, the unexpectedly sexy ones, to the black, brown, and red ones, to the stately salt and pepper ones, to the ones grown by the men we love, the ones grown for the men we love, those with us today, and those never forgotten. A mustache in Movember is a powerful thing. It helps raise funds and awareness for men's mental health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer, and testicular cancer. So rally a crew, friends, family, co-workers, and take on Movember together. And there are plenty of ways to get involved in Movember, even if you can't grow a mustache. Help us change the face of men's health. Go to Movember.com and let's get this hairy party started. That's Movember with an M as in mustache.com. Movember is a registered 501c3 organization.